On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I chatted with Stephen Borelli from Cuts Clothing. We talked about some really practical and tactical ways that you can get your clothing in the hands of mega influencers and not have to pay a dime for it. It's incredible what they've done, and we do a few calculations to show you how cheap it really is to be able to get your product uh, in those people's hands. So um, amazing conversation, really blown away by the vast knowledge uh, that Stephen has, and I think you guys are going to get a ton of this one. These are truly unprecedented times, and we don't know what the future is going to look like. What we do know is that there's hope. With every downturn in the market, there are companies who will make it and those who won't. With all of that being said, we will be putting on weekly, if not more than weekly, webinars where we talk about what funding is available during times like these, how to pivot your business, what types of marketing messaging to use in times of crisis, and more. Join us at mindfulmarketing.co slash free dash webinar. Now onto today's show. Hey guys, I am live uh, with Stephen Borelli from Cuts Clothing uh, as the CEO and founder. Um, super, super pumped for this conversation. Uh, Stephen, what's up, man? How you doing? Happy to be here. Happy to uh, chop it up. Yeah, yeah. So we're in the midst of the COVID crisis right now still. Um, tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, my name is Stephen Borelli, founder and CEO of Cuts. I am, uh, you know, Cuts Clothing is a men's online direct-to-consumer fashion brand and what what our claim to fame is we uh we make shirts for the modern man uh to that are comfortable enough to go on a date and uh stylish where it, it's appropriate to go uh, to an office like you see here and uh, we we've made our, our own fabric uh over the years and we allow each customer to shop by cut which is in our name so each shirt has three bottom cuts it has a split hem elongated and uh a straight hem curve hem. So, yeah. uh, and that's really been our claim to fame since day one. We've, we haven't taken any outside funding. We've been uh, bootstrapped since day one, but we've, you know, started with selling one shirt at a time. And now we're selling hundreds of thousands and have, uh, you know, a team, team close to 20 people now. So it's that's been awesome. uh, uh, a wild three, almost three, three-ish years, we're almost three and a half years. And, uh, yeah, we, I think one thing that we, we're really proud of, we've done one thing really great. We make t-shirts yeah. uh, and we're uh, super proud to, uh, to continue to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. How did this all get started? Like, did you see, was there some kind of need in the marketplace that you saw? Like, was there something you were out trying to buy and you couldn't buy it or, or how did it start? Yeah, I was working at an advertising agency in San Diego and we were, uh, a lot, all the guys in the office were wearing uh, t-shirts and nice jeans and like dress shoes to work. And it became a hot topic in the office. Hey, what, what shirt are you guys wearing? And, oh, I like that one. I don't like that one. And although shirts like cuts existed, whether at an athletic brand or one-offs, when you would go shop uh, in Soho in New York, or you'd be in a random place in Victoria, Canada, uh, you could find one here and there, but there wasn't a consistent place for shirts that you needed month over month. And then when I started researching it, it became so glaring of what a need it was. You know, you, you, you did research and you found out around each customer has 14 shirts that are in their, ro in, in their rotation. And uh, it's even though, you know, there's a lot of other clothing items in your closet, it's the item that you shop for bar uh, far above and beyond anything that's not hosiery. So socks and underwear are different, but from a clothing item, 
it's it's much it's the it's I think you know some statistics say sixty to seventy percent of all purchases are just T-shirts of a wardrobe for people because it's so frequent. Yeah. Um, wow. I didn't realize that. That's great that you guys did the research on that. Yeah, we uh, and then we did our own focus groups too as the business developed, and we uh, anywhere from depending our t- our customer and our demos around eight to fourteen shirts a year that they purchase or 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 are given. The less sophisticated demos sometimes they're given shirts that end up they end up wearing you know the free t-shirts here and there. But then a lot of consumers are you know buying around fourteen just t-shirts a year. To crazy. Do you, uh, do you guys have a subscription service? We do. We're actually we we have it now and it's. We've been launching it and we uh, allow one or two shirts a month. Our most common is two shirts a month with a 25% discount. And then um, we're actually relaunching our subscription May 1, which is going to be, uh, I don't want to give away our secret, but we're, we're really pumped on the new uh, new uh, platform. Nice. Awesome. Sweet. I'll, uh, I'll make sure to check it out in May. Yeah. That's great. Um, so when did you know, when did you know that this was going from, um, you know, Hey, we're making t-shirts, we're trying to solve a bit of a problem, um, to where like, Hey, this is going to be a legitimate business. And, and we're actually like, there's a huge need out there. Well, after I'm, uh, you know, thought that idea at the comp, uh, at my old job working advertising, I moved home for two years and did the typical live with your parents. I was 25 to 27. And during that time I was learning, uh, manufacturing side of the business and as well as e-commerce. So I was really getting my MBA, I call it my street MBA in both, in both of those uh, uh, areas. And uh, you know, then we launched our Kickstarter. We did 40,000 in a month. And at that moment we were like, all right, well maybe there's a little bit of demand. We thought it was a lot of money when in reality it was like no money. We needed like 200. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah back then you're like, Whoa, 40 grand. Whoa, man. <laughs> and then the PO I think was 160 K that we had to come up with out of our, <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah. you know, I think it wasn't until, uh, August of 2017 when we launched our website, cause we, we had a soft launch right after the kickstarted, it failed miserably because we just didn't know e-commerce well, the site was bad and we didn't know how to convert. So then from there, we just said, all right, in the next six months, we're just going to get good photos and just get a good website that's converting. But then yeah. in August of 2017, we started on doing social ads and some influencer stuff. And, you know, it was, it was like we would sell one shirt and then the next day we would sell three. And it was pretty, we, we, we had some good momentum day after day. And then you look through the month and we went from selling three shirts a day to uh, 10 to 12 shirts a day. And we were like, all right, like for me, me and Carter, it was just me and uh, Carter at the time and uh, who runs our finances. And we were like, you know what, this is, this is something. We actually have a demand. And then Black Friday, Cyber Monday hit. And I remember we did like, $20,000 in a day, which isn't a lot now. We do much more than that. But um, we, uh, at that period, we're like, oh, wow, like this is insane, you know? Yeah. Uh, but- I feel like there's going to be, there's people listening out there who have, who have hit those milestones before. And it's like, you never look back. Yeah. Right? Oh man, this is the world we live in now. I've got, um, I got some friends um, back at home now who are, you know, own cafes, like super popular cafes, but are totally shut down right now. We're, we're in the midst of the COVID crisis, right? And, uh, and so uh, they've been um, tra- uh, switching over to e-com and then doing uh, in-store pickups. And he said, he's like, I get it. I get why you're so obsessed with e-commerce because orders just start to roll in and yeah. you just, you don't even realize it's so different than, than actually serving people one by one, right? Like, it's a, it's a thrill. On that note, I think what COVID's doing for businesses and um, 
it's kind of letting the secret secret out on e-commerce because before you would get these big corporations that did that would uh, you know a direct to consumer was like a small part that they would give the yeah. young kid and be like hey go go figure it out now I think it's just really COVID has shown it's just how you do business so it's not a buzzword or a uh, a hot topic it's just like how you should run how what, what should be first in your business um, and you know for the for the for the old for the DDC born and bred people. I think there's a little bit of worry on the home front because now it's like our secrets out. So we got to be more efficient. We have to be even more, uh, you know, up and ready for it. And, uh, you know, cause obviously there's going to be more people understanding the, the power of it. I was actually just talking to one of my buddies who owns a restaurant in LA and, you know, they had this huge overhead that they had to cover for having the building that it's not shut down. Yeah. And I called him yesterday. And I was like, Hey man, you know, I ordered from the restaurant. I was just seeing how he was doing. He was like, you know, at first they were really scared. Like, you know, we're going to be three months with not being able to serve people, but then they did what, what your buddy mentioned. And they realized that they're actually more profitable right now than they were because they only have like two chefs and then a doorman. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. No servers. No servers. And they're just like pumping out orders left and right. Um, so they were like, um, they're, they're already thinking of plans when they reopen to have a ghost kitchen totally promote that more than the restaurant so i think now restaurants to survive are going to have to have that ghost kitchen first and then the in 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 experience is more or less a bonus not the other way around um yeah because so. it's not like people aren't buying food these days i mean man we're getting takeout almost every single night <laughs> like <laughs> me, me and my girlfriend last night i wanted to take her on a date and she has his favorite tequila drink from this one restaurant yeah. And so I called the restaurant and uh, they, they, they were in, in mason jars. They sent us like two tequila drinks home with uh, some sushi. And I was like, you know, I spent 25 bucks on this mason jar and stuff. But hey, I was, you know, right now people got to get creative how they like, you know, have a night out. You know? totally, totally. That's great. That's great. Oh man, this is uh, this is super enjoyable so far, Stephen. Um, hey, so what? So in the midst of COVID right now, what the heck is working for you guys? Yeah, marketing wise, like what's what's working? Um, well, one of our secrets is we we send out a ton of product to to people, and we've always done that. We let our product speak be the be our best tool of marketing, and when it gets on people's backs, we have confidence that'll uh, um, that'll sell itself, and and if they like it, they'll tell their friends. Yeah. So we're, we've been putting all of our customer service team on like DMs essentially. And we send out thousands of products a day um, and reach out to people. Cause if you think about it, let's say you're spending 20 grand during a normal period on Facebook advertising, right? Yeah. Uh, if you take that budget and you were to put it towards just product sending to people, you're arguably, it can arguably be more efficient because the product's actually in people's hands versus just an impression online. So not, okay. not saying that we have, we've taken our whole budget away from Facebook and, and Instagram because we still spend thousands and thousands of dollars on that. But because people are home right now, everyone's looking at their DMs. And so as, and people are more like, um, there's just, there's more people on their phones and the inventory of like who you can reach. Totally. Like all yeah. time high. So yeah. we're able to reach out to professional athletes, uh, celebrities, influencers, and we're having them post their work, their new work from home outfit. And it's just been like huge for us right now. Awesome. Okay. Let's, let's dive into this a little bit. So yeah. are you actually like, like, do you mind if we just kind of go through a bit of the yeah. practicality of this? Yeah. I love it. So 
so you're DMing them. I remember, I remember years ago when Gary Vee was talking about doing this. And, uh, and he was we talking really about listened to him. I mean, I was a huge Gary Vee fan when I was back home. And it works. Like, uh, anyone right now you can reach out to if you're persistent enough. Like, anyone. Well, totally. um, I mean, even this is, this is how we get all of our podcast guests. We literally, we just send DMs on Instagram. All day. And, and, and this is how we're able to, you know, chat with founders like you, right? Like it's, it, this is the world that we live in right now. So, so let's, let's get back to like the, the practicality of it here. So, um, so you send a DM, are you, are you paying them? Or are you just saying like, Hey, we want to send you a shirt. If we send you one, are you going to post? Do you, do you make things? Um, so in the beginning, it was really hard. We would ask for that and people would just shove us away. Now we have a social following. We have celebrities wearing it that are posting about it just naturally. Chase Rice, I don't know uh, if you guys watch The Bachelor. I, I don't personally watch it, but, uh, I, you know. <laughs> sorry. It's a famous show in America that, you know, girls. And, we, and we're, my girlfriend's watching the show and she sees one completely organic. We didn't pay. Um, but now it's easier. And what we say is, I always tell the social team, you always, it's like jab, jab, right hook. Yeah. And Gary Vee obviously says this all the time. And we say, hey, so-and-so, we got a shirt with your name on it. Let us know your uh, size and address, and we got a shirt coming out to you tomorrow. And we just don't say anything. We say no, no talk of posting, no talk of what – we just give them the product. Yeah. Our job is to find people that we think will naturally like it. Yeah. So if we're doing our job and, like, one, they, they, they fit the mold of someone who would like it. The pro- they're going to get the product and because we, we have a product that you can use all the time. Uh, it's going to, they're going to, there's going to be a reason for them to hit us up again for another one. And that's when we ask for them to post. Mm, gotcha. Gotcha. So, and they, and they may just naturally post anyway, right? When you're sending out all these. And that happens more times than not where they're like on their stories or next time they're out, they're like, Hey, you know what? I got this for free. I'm going to post. Uh, it doesn't happen right away. It's not like sometimes, you know, on their stories, but for a, a post, uh, you know, it could be a couple weeks later. Um, but if you continually do that day after day, like we have a whole team in here, um, that is just focused on, you know, outreach and that's what they do. Um, and they're just, it's really just relationship building with those people. Um, you know, one example of this, I was, uh, are you a baseball fan? I, I was when I was, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll probably get your reference. Don't worry. I'll get your reference. <laughs> um, you know, Tyler Wade and Clint Frazier on the Yankees, you know, when we first started the brand, I'm just inherently a Yankee fan. My dad grew up there. And so yeah. I some of the young guys. And then we started this relationship where we send them, you know, four or five packages. And then when we get new stuff, we send it to them. Um, and then, you know, a couple over the years, they've just become buddies with us. And then that organically spread to their buddies. And the, the bond has been so strong and it was all through DMs. And now in baseball, we're in every locker room. So um, yeah. it, to us, that's our strongest form of marketing. Um, I guess going back to your original question, what else has changed in COVID is, uh, you know, because you, you, know, you have to, uh, your messaging all has to apply to people in their current life. Now you have to change all messaging. So work from home, uh, messaging, you know, that's been huge. How the imagery shown, uh, people at their homes, maybe wearing boxers, just getting creative with ways you really appeal to people, um, and being optimistic. You know, as many, as much as we're hearing that, you know, a lot of people are getting sick, there's also a huge majority of people that are at home that are still employed 
that aren't going to spending money on restaurants that uh, are shopping online. Like me personally, I bought a coffee table and, a, and, a, and some wall prints for my apartment because I'm like, man, I haven't been staring at the walls recently, but this wall needs to kick. Yeah. So no, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I keep spending money on Lululemon. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, I'm not even an online shopper, even though I'm, that's my whole life as e-com, but. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not as much as an online shopper as you would think too. I still love the store experience, but uh, um, totally. Now people are forced into it. Yeah. Hey, um, I just want to go back uh, just a minute, just into the, the DMs here. I just want to explain to people. So, you know, my, people might think like, oh, you know, crap, I'm going to be sending out like this many shirts and not getting anything back. So let's, let's break it down here. Facebook CPMs. So the cost per thousand impressions in the, in the States is like, let's call it 10 bucks right now. Maybe, maybe. It's gone down with Corona, but yeah, let's just say 10 for the sake of it. Let's just say 10 because that's, it's just an easy number. So you get a thousand impressions just, and those aren't, those aren't necessarily impressions that are endorsed by somebody. Now you guys go ahead and say. It's one time through their feed is an impression. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's just, that's just one single impression. That's not just one person. That could be a one person seeing it three times. Mm -hmm. So, so when you send a shirt out to somebody, like let's say, you know, one of the Yankees, and they post about it and they have 300,000 followers or 500,000 followers. I'm going to assume that there's a large amount of those people. Let's say that a third of their people are seeing it. You're getting a hundred thousand impressions. You could have sent them like 10 shirts. You could have sent them 50 shirts mm -hmm. and you're still going to come out better because you're getting an endorsed CPM. Mm -hmm. Which is right? a little bit stronger. Even if you get 10% algorithms crappy, um, it's going to be probably better than that, that impression. Now, you know, I don't want to say Instagram is highly targeted and um, those impressions aren't just blind impressions. So oh, no, I, you, yeah. everybody knows I love paid advertising. We run a paid advertising uh, agency as well. So I, I love paid. I just, I just think that it's really great to think um, when you can just add more like arrows into your quiver, you know, of different things that you can do and different thoughts. Like that's, that's what I want people who listen to this podcast to know. Right. And from work from home, like, uh, Another thing we did, we ran a, uh, we partnered with Direct Relief and we ran a sale. We were, we pride ourselves on not really giving discount codes out, uh, not really playing the discount game too much. Like we have an anniversary sale on Black Friday and those are the only times that you oh, get thanks. discount cuts. And yeah. we were like, you know what, COVID happened. People are uh, maybe need a little bit of a help. Let's, let's partner with uh, Direct Relief. And we donated in one week, like forty forty five thousand dollars $45,000, uh, to uh, direct relief to buy masks and, and stuff. And uh, it was a huge, huge success uh, for us. And a huge, and, and you know, we were helping out, we were kind of rallying the troops. And it was so much a success that next year, we're gonna, we're gonna install a, a charity sale once a year, and it'll be every March. Um, so, um, you know, you just gotta pivot with the times and be, be, be quick on your feet to understand like, all right, there's new things that happen every day that are out of your control, it's just, what you're responsible for is how you react to them. Yeah, yeah, totally. Hey, um, what else is working for you right now? Uh, are we allowed to get like super nitty gritty on this podcast? Oh yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Get right into it. Um, so the influencer front's been big for us. Um, also, too, is uh, YouTube. YouTube influencers, I would say specifically, are have been huge. Um, it's way higher dollar value. So like an, in, an Instagram for the, for the, for someone listening, you can get deals from a hundred bucks all the way up to, you know, 10,000, 20,000 deals on Instagram. But the, you know, you see a lot of deals around like a thousand bucks 
On yeah. YouTube, most deals start at like 20,000. But what's great, and I don't think a lot of people realize when you're working with a YouTube influencer, is that it, it's, it's search. So um, YouTube is essentially search, that's videos. It, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a Google, um, it's part of the Google family and uh, it lives forever. So um, a lot of our YouTube video deals that we do, uh, you know, we'll see, we'll, we'll see returns from those videos six months later. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so long form that, um, you know, you got to have a healthy media mix. So, you know, X percent on, on paid advertising on, on Facebook and, you know, obviously Facebook and, and Instagram is going to be probably the, the highest portion of your media mix. Then you're going to, then you're going to have a, a Google, which, you know, seven to 10% um, on like uh, keywords and things like that. And then, you, you know, I, I highly recommend really investing in targeted influencers on, on, on uh, YouTube that can speak about your brand on a long form. Instagram, I would say would be more or less short form yeah. uh, ads. Instagram is long form. So, the, you know, if someone's willing to watch a 20 minute video of their favorite chef or uh, financial analyst, which we work with a lot or fashion guy, they're going to really, they're really invested in what that person has to say. So if you can get a 30 second clip uh, that, they, that they're, it's not just something that flashes on the screen. It's something that they're talking about. Hey, I, I use this product. I'm wearing it right now. Um, or I'm drinking. If you have a drink company or, you know, uh, any type of product that you have and, 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 it, and where the brand really needs to focus on is if it's the right person. Cause if so many big companies are wasting so much money to say, right, who are the top 20? Yeah, totally. And it's just, they're throwing money away to be successful at all of this is you have to do where you're the founder and you're the team, the marketing team. You have to say, all right, what audience of this YouTube person is going to be, is actually going to be people like us that we, that we would sell to. And yeah. that's where you make or break all of this that we talk about. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Do you try and get permission to be able to use their video afterwards for paid media? It, it's, it, we try to, they're really strict about how we use it. Like uh, we've tried to then take that content and, and, and shove it on, uh, uh, you know, our paid ads on Instagram and Facebook. But I would say the bigger ones that actually work, they're really, you know, with their image, they, they don't like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, for us, I would say for most brands for like UGC content works really good at ads for us. It, it never really has because, uh, if for a t-shirt, the beauty of it is that a lot of people can wear it, but the, the tough part about UGC is it doesn't always look good when, when, because like the, there's so many other factors, like the jeans got to be right. The, the shoes got to be the right color, the background, the lighting, like we're professionals at that. We have a full in-house, uh, team that does that. Uh, so we know how to execute on that. Someone sending us a photo, doesn't always work, but if you're a new brand, just getting started out, I think UGC and when you send products out, if someone could get you a photo and you can get licensing rights, that's can be a quick, a quick way to scale content for ads. Um, and especially if you're young, if you're new and the influencers, not that big, you know, under a hundred thousand, a lot of times they'll just say, Hey, yeah, go for it. Um, and there's, there's lots of great platforms like uh, grin we use grin that will um it's an influencer marketing crm yep. and they'll allow they'll let you um there's like a, a content rights agreement that you can send when you send the dm it'll send to them and then they can send it right back and then it's all uh saved there so it, it just keeps it off your hands 
Um, well, that's so, nice. That's super nice. We'll link to that in the show notes, Grin. Yep, Grin is great. Yeah. That's awesome. Steven, what's your secret to scaling, man? So I think three things. One, having an authentic uh, message and everything has to be so authentic now. Like we, we show, we, we, we showcase ourselves. We, when we started the brand, we were 25 to 27, I'm almost 30 now, but we really were our customers. So we were able to reach out to people more like us, um, which I think is important now. Like there's so many brands out there that people have to feel an emotional touch to the brand to want to buy into it. And so if it's not authentic, it's, and it's just like a money grab or anything like that, I don't think it's going to work Two, You got to have a great product. Um, no good messaging is going to help a bad product. So I think really focusing on that often it's, it's everything, it's something, everything, everyone knows, but it's not always at the forefront of what you need to do. And I think it's like your biggest asset is your product. Uh, And then from the digital marketing uh, front is have patience and and do, and, and, and do one at a time. So for us, we, uh, we didn't have outside funding, which is funny because now we're much bigger than a lot of companies that had, $20 $20 million because we sold one product at a time. And what that did was everybody in our funnel was really highly targeted to us. So then when you plug those people into Facebook, when you've done it the right way from day one, you have such an advantage on those big businesses that were like, all right, here's a million dollars. Just go spend fast and acquire people at a very inefficient rate. Mm. When you do that, it just, it cluddies, it, it, it muddies the water of your data and your data is going to be totally off. So, um, and then you can, it's like, a, it's like a flywheel, you know, each in the beginning, it's just to get in an inch, it takes so hard. But then once you get, once you get a flywheel going and you're, it's just so, it's so fast and it's all self-sufficient, you don't need any gas, it just moves. So um, I think there's power in not having a huge financing and product-based business. Um, I understand, you know, certain products need certain funding, but the, the, there's power in uh, doing what, uh, small budgets. And with COVID, back to COVID, all these big businesses right now, why they're struggling is because budgets have gotten shrinked, like a fourth of the size, because there's not as many as much demand. Cuts has been since day one working with small budgets. So this is nothing new to us. Mm. We're able to adapt. So, I mean, and then we feel like we can execute on what we do on, a, on our content sheet, which is a 30K budget, which takes some brands, you know, 300,000, we think we can, we can create just as much content as them. So, and, and know how to use it, which is key. So um, I, I, I think, you know, not taking investment and doing one, selling one item at a time and understanding the value of how to get a true ac- one acquisition is, is so powerful. Totally. Because once you've acquired the customer, they're now your customer that you can then potentially sell them more stuff. Yeah. Right. And, and figure out what else, what their other needs are. So, and I mean, and for you guys, you guys have scaled just with this, this one product, I mean, broken up into many different SKUs, of course. It, it is one product, but it's a little, uh, uh, it's one product line, but it's not one, um, product. You know, we have, I think over 2000 different combinations and, um, <laughs> but again, going back to how we started the brand, we didn't, uh, Actually, if I had to add one more, what's the key to sailing? Have a simplified messaging. We've always, people know, all right, they're the t-shirt guys. They're the yeah. T-shirt. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for right when you get the name Cuts resonates with t-shirts and it makes a lot of sense and it's very easy for a first-time customer to understand who you are. Too, many, too often founders, what's the greatest asset as a founder is he thinks he can do everything. But the 
the worst asset of a founder is that he thinks he can do everything. Totally. So you, it, for, for me, you got to stay very, very lean and, and clean and simple on your messaging because especially there's so many brands out there that do so much stuff. Like you don't want to be one of the brands that kind of does stuff and then you're so-so. You know, if you, it's easy to look at Nike and, and, and say, oh, they have a million products. They really just had a few shoes for like 20 years. Mm. And great at that and they built a brand on that. Um, you know, I, I know founders that are doing 200 to 300 K a day in sales and they have one product. So everyone that you need, and then now they have multiple colors and they've really defined that. I'm not saying they have just like one single PDP, but, yeah. uh, you know, uh, going deep in, in a single product, I think is, is, is a huge way where you're going to be the market leader in that, for, uh, as a new brand. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, awesome, man. Well, let's move on to our lightning round here. Uh, what's your favorite tool or app you're using right now? Uh, so I guess I could go basic or how in depth do we want to go? Go, go. Cause yeah. I want to say like Klaviyo for email. Is that too basic? No, I mean, we're huge Klaviyo fans. <laughs> okay. I love Klaviyo. Um, their new SMS is huge. I would definitely recommend. Oh, you've been using it. You've been testing the new SMS. Yeah, I would say it's better than email. Yeah, awesome. You more money on SMS in a shorter period of time. That's great. Every single brand that we're talking to right now is is getting into the SMS game. So we were probably one of the earlier brands. We had the beta, so uh, I would recommend doing that. Cool, cool. I know another app out there. I'll just recommend to our listeners as well as Postscript. Mm-hmm. Um, or Attentive. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, what is uh, your favorite podcast right now? I'm still a sucker for the Joe Rogan podcast. I love that one. Um, oh, uh, I, M- NPR, how I built this. I love those two. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, I, uh, I just wait for how I built this from every single founder I listen to or that I, that I get a chance to chat with how I built this. And I'm like, it's one of my favorite podcasts too, of course, because we're, we're in the building game, right? Like, I'm going to give you another one. Uh, uh, Bob A uh, podcast is, is really good. He talks to a lot of young founders. Um, and sometimes the, the young founders is uh, where you get the most insights. Like, you know, the, the big founders that have had success and had crazy exits of billions of dollars. Yeah. I think for, for the listeners is they're so far from what's actually working now that their marketing guys are telling them what to do. And, um, they can give you lots of inspiration because you can learn hardships that they had. Like, you know, Phil Knight's audiobook I listen to all the time. I've listened to it like five times, uh, Shoe Dog. And for me, it was huge because it gave me a reference point of how to, of, of what he went through. And, and we have it so much easier because we have the internet. Um, but like the tactical stuff, you're not, you know, like this podcast is going to be way better than um, NPR because it's not as tactical. So I think um, Bob A's podcast is, uh, B-O-B-B-B-B-B-Y on iTunes is uh, all about uh, um, like young founders. Okay, I'll, uh, we'll, we'll link that in the show notes as well. That's awesome. And is there a certain founder, uh, like favorite founder that you have when you look up to? Obviously Phil Knight, just because he's been so, you know, his, you know, we're trying to take a lot of his things and how he built Nike. Um, I would say, you know, one of my, I would say for the listeners, it's always good to have founder friends because they're going to go through so much. But my, one of my best friends is the founder of Liquid IV. Um, we, talk, we see each other every day. So just getting to know him over the years 
has been uh, so big for us to kind of share share experiences with and share like the the rise of the of our businesses. So uh, cool. check them out Brandon at uh, Liquid IV. Cool, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I totally recommend. But before we go, like recommend. Um, you know, I've had a lot of founder friends uh, in the area for me too, um, and it, it's one of don't go in alone. Like you you gotta have somebody who's who gets it and is kind of going through similar stuff as you. Um, uh, it just helps. It helps so, so much. So completely. Yeah, that's great. Um, Stephen, where can people find out more about you? You can find me at LinkedIn, uh, Stephen Borelli on LinkedIn or uh, at Stephen Borelli on Instagram for like my social life. But I think you'll enjoy my, my posts more for business related stuff on LinkedIn. Um, and then, you know, obviously shop our shirts, www.cutsclothing.com and at, cut, at Cuts Clothing with an S on uh, Instagram. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm going to connect with you on LinkedIn right after this. Let's go, baby. I'm actually putting out a, a little, uh, a little, uh, a little work from home inspiration blog in about, I'm putting it out at three today. So, okay. Okay. <laughs> I get three from a really tactical Friday, like mid afternoons on LinkedIn have just been soaring for us. If you're posting. Oh, oh good to know. Yeah. yeah. For any I think people are just like at home and don't know what to do. And they get on LinkedIn. I don't, I don't know. It's probably totally. take it for what it's worth. Yeah. And, but before we go, that this just reminds me, build a personal brand people. If you're, if you're out there and you have a company, you know, you might do an exit at one point and then you're not going to have anything to do. So <laughs> build a personal brand. It's so, uh it's super, super important. And it also helps the brand that you're, that you're in, right? Uh, Sean, who uh, runs our operations, comes from Boeing, and he always tells us that one of Boeing's philosophies is you need a big-ass goal on everything you're doing. One that is so unimaginable that, uh, that it's just so far out there. And I think part of having a big-ass goal is definitely having a personal brand. So, like, everyone in the company should have a goal within the company that also a big goal, like where they want their life to go. And for us, like we, we want to create a billion dollar brand. It's hanging up on our wall. Uh, we want to do it. Cool. Um, and we have like this hashtag, it's household billion dollar brand. And yeah. uh, just, you know, it's something we say to each other in Slack. And, and uh, I think it's, it's really good for, uh, um, you know, thinking, Hey, what is my big ass goal? What does it look life after this? And doing yeah. that. 100%. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I feel like we get to chat forever. So yeah. Well, thanks for having me. What's that? Thanks for having me. Yeah. Great to have you on. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. These are really unprecedented times and we don't know what the future is going to look like. What we do know is that there's hope with every downturn in the market. There's companies who are going to make it and those who won't. With all that being said, we'll be putting on weekly, if not more than weekly, webinars where we talk about what funding is available during times like these, how to pivot your business, what types of marketing messaging to use in times of crisis, and more. Join us at mindfulmarketing.co slash free dash webinar. Thanks so much.